Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Hi, welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Excited to hear about Digital Melting, which is just a cool name of a book in general. But before we dive into the book, tell us a little bit about you and what you do. All right. Well, I've been a legit, well, I guess I'm considered senior now. If they got video of this, they're going to see the gray in the beard, so they'll know it. It's Senior Logistics Account Executive at Total Quality Logistics. I've been there. Um, it'll be 20 years in October. And I've always had a you know, ever since I read a book called uh, Multiple Streams of Income, I've always had the idea that, I you know, as much as I love my company, I need to be able to be self-sufficient outside of it. So in 2016, I started investing in real estate. Um, 2018, I started investing in startups. And oddly, one of the startups that I invested in um, did a pivot during COVID. And they went from... Uh, they, they went from being a, a company that was going to do alternative markets where you could buy and sell uh, treasury bonds and municipal bonds to being a place that was going to um, make sure that you could trade your equity in private assets and stay compliant with the SEC because there's no reason to sell and buy if you're going to go to jail or pay fines. So um, there's a space in this where you can in the books about it is the the real estate aspect of you know private asset ownership and buying being able to provide liquidity where there's not liquidity now so it kind of um my my interest kind of intersected there and so that's why i wrote the book because to be honest with you i invested in it but i didn't know what the hell i was doing or talking about or even really hearing during the investor calls that we have every friday so i wrote it more as a way to educate myself. And um, here we are. Yeah. So uh, we were talking before we joined, I'm a former TQLer, so we have that in common. So we were chatting about that, but um, residual income, finding different um, ways to bring income into your family. So important because um, you never know. I mean, you're, we're in this weird economic issue right now, right? Where people are getting laid off left and right. Other people are just hiring all you can. So it is, you know, s- smart to be looking at various ways to continue to bring income to your family. What what was your trigger to start doing that? Like, what was, was it just the book you were talking about or, or did you feel like, you know, I need to start kind of planning out my future for my family or tell me a little bit about kind of that initial drive. Well, primarily it was for my own health because if I, I'll never retire because if I retire, I will go broke buying bourbon and my liver will shrivel up. And if it doesn't kick itself out of my body, so what I decided to do was I wanted to do something for the, that I could do for the rest of my life, which was focus on, you know, Kyle Stevie Inc. is what I call it because I'm arrogant POS, I guess. But um, I, I needed something. I needed something that I knew that if anything ever happened, out, you know, you lose a customer and all of a sudden you're not hitting numbers and it's, you know, there's the door. See it. Thanks for your service. I wanted to be able to be able to go into something right away. I mean, it's part of the reason why I went to law school while I was working was I always wanted to have a secondary plan. And I think where that comes from 
is that, um, well, A, we have a family history of, you know, businesses going really well and then failing. And then my great grandpa in Northern Kentucky had uh, tremendous success with dry goods stores, what they were called in the early 20th century. And then the great depression came and wiped them out and he went crazy. So I didn't want to deal with, I didn't want to have that, you know? And so I've, that's always been like a family tale. Like, Oh, we were great business people. And then this happened. And I saw a lot of, you know, my dad and my aunts and uncles got, were very conservative with their money, but they didn't take educated risks. And I didn't want to be like that either. I wanted to be the master of my own, you know, I want to chart my own course, be the master of my own domain. And so that was what really drove me to it. And then what, solidified it was watching the end of my mom's time at uh, Delta and then the end of my mom, my dad's time at uh, as a, the facility manager for a project, uh, a property management group here. And there's, it's very unceremonious, you know, I mean, my mom was treated okay with Delta, but she never got a pay raise forever. And the way that my dad was like, go is just infuriating. And I didn't ever, I never wanted to have that. You know, I wanted to be able to say, this is what I'm going to do. I didn't want someone saying, well, thank you for coming in and talk about, have a, you know, a small talk about golf and then say, oh, by the way, don't come in Monday because we don't need you anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was basically the, that was basically what drove me to get into things. And then the one that interested me the most was real estate. I like the idea of, you know, it's all, it's all a numbers game for the most part. So that's what I was, you know, that's what, that that's what drove my attention. It's amazing what, when we see what happens to our parents, how that impacts us and our decisions and how we do things. So tell me a little bit more about what you've been doing in real estate. Cause you know, I was talking to to someone a couple of weeks ago and all I know about real estate is buying and, and renting out or, you know, I, but there's all these other opportunities that maybe people, you know, people don't really know about. So talk a little bit about, you know, th- what the book's about and, and kind of a little bit about, you know, the real estate asset side of the world. Okay. Well, what I've been doing, I started out with um, buying a duplex and then uh, we bought these buildings in the city that I live in and it was supposed to be residential stuff and ultimately transitioning like these huge multifamily commercial spaces where it's like 80, 80 apartments to 160 apartments and you raise money through investors and you do all this. Well, it just didn't work out that way. I've, I've got a mixed use of commercial. And then in Covington, Kentucky, uh, I got a team together when my cousin and I got a team together of like five different investment investor groups. And we create, we bought this $4 million building, which is going to wind up being like a five and a half million dollar project. And that was just from knowing how to just learning how to raise capital because it, all it is, is really is just a numbers game. Like it's, this is what it's going to, this is what we project it's going to be to build out. This is what we feel like we're going to have to give tenants for their build out. This is what we can drive in rents. Um, this is what we foresee as, um, you know, the common areas, but this is what it's going to cost to upkeep, you know, snow removal, sh- stuff like that. And then you start negotiating into the little finer details of, you know, we charge you for parking spaces or we, we're going to do a triple net lease as, as opposed to. And so the commercial side of it, I thought was way easier. It's harder to find the client. You have a tenant, you get them, you have them for five years. You don't have to worry about them moving out. You don't have to worry about the holes in the wall or things like that. And that's where we transitioned to. That being said, the frustrating part about owning real estate is that it is illiquid. 
it is super liquid. So let's say that you get into so there are that you know if you don't want to be the operator like we've been, you just want to be an investor, which is vast majority of people want. They don't want to deal with the bullshit that comes. Sorry, am I allowed to say that? Yep, absolutely. Sweet. I just got, <laughs> I was just giving approval to cuss. You're going to regret this. Um, they so I, they didn't want to deal with the BS of having to do to, to do all the day to day stuff and making sure that you were getting all the licenses you needed and that the city was coming and inspecting and you were getting certified for to work on the next phase. They just wanted the money. But when you have $50,000 to $100,000 to a million dollars tied up in an investment and something happens, you need to get rid of it. There's nothing you can really do. You're kind of screwed because if the operator decides in the PPM that he's not going to put in the, that they're not putting in place any really carve out for you to sell your shares or if it's going to cost way too much money to deal with it, they, you know, you don't have that option to automatically make it happen. It's, it all really comes down to who you invested in and whether they're willing to permit it. Well, what is happening now, and this is what the purpose of the book is, is that you are through blockchain, which I want to divorce this. This isn't cryptocurrency. This is the actual data. This is the actual database of blockchain. And the use of smart contracts, you're able to permit the create these trustless trade, and the custodian says yes, okay, we, we we've got it noted, and it goes to the transfer agent, and the transfer agent writes it down, and the ledger's been updated. You know for a fact that that's what it is. So as a sale of share A on one site is going to be respected on site two, site three, site four. So I'm jumping ahead here, but this is basically what the idea of the book is. What that allows you to do, it allows you to trade your share of whatever building you have, you're in, your interest in the building or whatever. And eventually it'll be like artwork. It'll be private business equity. It'll be a lot of these different things. You'll be able to now get liquidity from buyers who are going to go to these different alternative trading systems or other secondary markets that will sell these. And you'll be able to, you know, put, I need $25,000 of my $100,000 investment back. And as long as there's a buyer, you'll be able to get your cash back out of it that you needed. But I jumped ahead about, about like 9 million spaces. But that's the idea. It's providing liquidity for investors and in assets that are illiquid right now. So it sounds like it helps um, the investor have maybe some some leeway and feeling more comfortable with putting money into the real estate. Yes. So what... Yeah. And it's... it's there, I mean, it's happening right now. It's, you know, public REITs are a thing. It's the same general idea. It just for the operator, instead of paying whatever it costs to list your public REIT and do all the legal bullshit you got to do, this permits you to take a, an exception to, um, the, you know, to to the filing or you got to file with the SEC, you, whether it's five or 60. Most of these are going to do Reg A plus, I guess. A lot of them are going to do that. And it permits you to use those exceptions. And what comes with those ex exceptions are lowered legal fees because you don't have to do as much to offer. I mean, you're limited on who you can offer originally to, but this is, allows you to then, um, you know, have this offering that will kind of act like a private REIT without the detail, you know, without having to mess with jumping through all the SEC hoops. So if I'm someone who's completely new to this, which I am, um, wh where would I start or how would I, I know you talked a little bit about um, a lot of times it's who you're you're working with, right? That's so important. Um, what are the things that, you know, key items that someone should be looking at if they want to invest in this way? 
Well, right now, there's really not much to invest in. Uh, it's all about educating yourself on what's happening, what's going on, what an ATS is, who the pro what a broker dealer is, who, who who are the different parties in this transaction to make sure that it's on the up and up. Um, there are specific broker dealers like Templar Markets that are really spearheading, you know, cross market and cross uh, system trading. They're at least contemplating it. Mm -hmm. uh, the best example of a real world thing that's happening right now that at least um, people will be familiar with is St. You know, Regis Hotels. They're pretty extravagant. Uh, the one in um, Aspen, Colorado raised $18 million to renovate. And they did it through a token. They tokenized it. So now if you go to uh, the broker dealers, ATS, it's called T0. If you go to T0's website, you'll see something called the Aspen coin. And that's what it is. You can go and buy equity in the, in the St. Regis hotel and you'll see what it looks like. It just, it looks like a typical stock ticker. Um, the good thing about it though, is that you have all the documentation in terms of the PL for the operations. So you can see what vacancy was, you can see what opera, how much operations cost. You can get an idea of like where it's at in terms of operations compared to other hotels to see, you know, you get a real, you almost get a real time valuation of your interest. If you're a numbers geek like I am, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's, that's the best way to look at it. But right now what's happened is that um, because it's so new, all these people that are offering this are keeping it, what's called like a wall, they call it the walled garden. And if, if you're, if you're in the one with the nerds, they'll call it the walled garden. And there you can't find the Espen token on like JD Waterhouse or anywhere else. It's just there on T zero. So this book also explains like universal, the token universal universality of token the uh, universal token let's just say that and this will allow you to list the aspen to uh, aspen coin not just on t0 but you'll be able to purchase it on this the second site and the third site and the fourth site and that'll drive liquidity because it'll drive marketability if that makes any sense whatsoever okay so really, it sounds like the first thing I need to do is get your book so I can understand everything and really kind of see what that potential is and then be able to educate myself to then be able to make some some decisions on how I would maybe want to kind of be within this space. Well, primarily, you should get my book to help me pay back my editor, <laughs> my book designer. I wrote, I tried to write it as, as, sim as simple as I could. I had a great I had a great legal writing professor in my first year at law school. Um, he was from, yeah, he was from Appalachia and you would never know it speaking to him, but he was a clerk in the second district in the DC district. I'm sorry. And that's, if you can clerk a judge in the DC district, you are like one of the best law school students in the country. And he graduated from Georgetown, but everything he did was simple. And it takes a lot of intelligence to do things simply. I mean, it just, it does. And so it takes a lot of work also to be able to put these huge, stupid ideas together in, you know, as close to one syllable words as you possibly can, so that the reader can absorb it. Because anybody can speak like a pompous ass or write like a pompous ass, but it's the ability to express yourself. Like I'm terrible at speaking, but I'm, I, 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 I get it's much more clear and concise when you read it. So if you're confused by my by, by my interview here, read the book. It'll be very, it'll simplify everything I just said. Awesome. Well, so tell us, how can we, you know, if someone wants to connect with you after this, how can they connect with you and where can they buy your book? Well, you can buy my book on, you know, Amazon or 
Barnes and Noble or wherever you want to go to purchase a book. I the the ebook is only on Amazon right now because of the distribution deal I signed up for. Uh, if you need to reach me, I'm at Stevie S T E V I E Properties LLC at gmail.com. Very professional sounding email address. Working on I'm working on getting the website up, but I get I procrastinate. So eventually someday it'll be up. But right now I don't have a website just for the book. That's probably the best way to reach me. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll add that to the episode notes. Um, we'll get them to to where your book is. And and Kyle, it's been great um chatting with you. And thanks for being part of the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, if you're interested in learning more about possibly becoming an author yourself, please visit OvernightAuthor.com for more information. Until next time.